This is the SB Live Washington podcast, your twice-weekly conversation about high school sports and the people who play them across the Evergreen State. I'm Andy Bueller, your host and a reporter with SB Live. We're going to talk about what we saw, uh, where we were in the state quarterfinal week of the WI State playoffs. We're deep into this. Teams get cut in half uh, one more time. We're down to the semifinals. Uh, and the we I'm talking about, uh, my co-pilot of this ship, as always, Many Hats Millis on Twitter, uh, your pal and mine and the prodigal son of Tacoma, we've got Todd Millis. Todd, how we doing? You know, quarterfinal round is usually my favorite round of the playoffs, Andy. Um, a lot of Usually you get a lot of upsets, and, and quite, quite frankly, we didn't have a lot of close games or very many close games at all. Thank goodness that we were able to invite the one guy from the closest game of, of our top 25 to, to help, to, to help us out this week, to, to break down a lot of, uh, uh, a lot of, you know, two or three score games. And, and then obviously talk about his big win as well. I won't even, I won't even reveal his identity. I'll let you do that. Yeah, Todd, this is, this is a two, uh, this is a two person podcast. Usually at least it has been this football season, but we've got room. We've got room. And I got a text at the end of last week, uh, that said, um, Hey, let me come back on the podcast. This is a repeat guest. This is our first return guest in the SB Live Washington podcast history. Hundred, hundreds of episodes. Uh, and this is the first. So joining us is Kennewick standout running back linebacker, uh, multi-year star, and a uh, guy who's going to be competing in the 3A state semifinals this weekend, coming off a big win at Seattle Memorial Stadium over O'Day 27-21. Miles Mayofsky, welcome back to the podcast. Hey, hey Andy, hey Todd, thanks for having me here. Of course, man. I'm I'm glad uh, I'm glad you reached out last week. Um, I, I don't know. I, I I'm surprised that that you would even listen to a, a podcast of two guys just yammering on about about high school football. Yeah. So actually, my mom's the one that showed me it, and so the part where you're talking about my grandpa having the best mustache in in Washington or something like that. She's like, you should text him, Oz. You should, you should get on another podcast. And I was like, hmm, maybe I will. And then I texted you, and then we got hooked up. I love it. I love it. And that was before you guys had played. And now, you know, in that episode, I'm surprised that you you even came on this podcast because I picked you guys to lose, Miles. <laughs> yeah, my mom actually said she's like, Miles, go to like 28 minutes. Just don't listen to where where they have uh, O'Day beating you guys. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, hey, you wrong information, man. I. You know, I know what the our official three A primer said, but I, well, you know, by the time we get to Thursday and, we, and Miles, and we get to start thinking about it a little deeper, and I kind of had a feeling about you guys, man, coming over. It was it was about time you guys came over to the West Side, flexed a little of that muscle, and and lo and behold, yeah. uh, you guys did. It was a tough team to do it to, but doing it, congratulations. Must have been a fun bus ride for four hours on the way back to the Tri Cities. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you. It was my family. Actually, we stayed in there, but stayed in Seattle. But the kids that went home on the bus, they were sending videos to the group chat and they were having a blast the whole time. So set the scene for me, Miles. What what was it like, uh, you know, after the game and we can kind of go through the game, but just just getting that win and you guys, you know, drive all the way across the state to do it. and, And you're sitting there. Memorial Stadium is an old stadium, but it's a it's a beautifully set stadium. You got, you know, Climate Pledge Arena right behind it. You've got the, you know, the Space Needle. You've got downtown Seattle. Um, walk me through and set the scene for us. When the clock hits zero at the end of that game, um, what was that like? I mean, 
we were just ready. The music they have playing there, the NFL music, you know, it was just getting us all ready. And we just walked in and we were like, we got this. And like our energy that we had, like, I mean, we came out and just punched them in their face. Basically we, that first drive was huge. And they, 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 you can tell they definitely did not have the same energy as us. And we were just ready to go. No question. So that's a rematch of a state semifinal uh, matchup two years ago. So this is your guys' second uh, state semifinal in a row at the 3A level. Um, I wrote about it last week on the site. Uh, I, sh- I should mention scorebooklive.com slash Washington and the SB Live Sports app. It's your home for high school sports news and information. It's also the home for all of Todd and my work. But Miles, you and I talked last week um, just about what the last two years has been like. And, you know, there's been an entire pandemic sandwiched in between that last state semifinal run. You're, you know, you're two years older. This is a different group. You're a different kind of leader on this team. And, and you guys, it seemed like you guys walked into that uh, that game at Mor- Memorial Stadium just with a different mindset than you did two years ago facing the same opponent. Yeah, we definitely did. I mean, we went like when we talked during the week and I told you that we just need to go in with a mentality that we're going to win basically and like not being cocky, but just being right there where it's not too cocky, but it's good enough, you know, and like just going in there knowing that we can hang with the Seattle boys, you know, just, you know, because the Seattle, everyone, everyone in Seattle, like they have players, you know, and O'Day has players, and but we have players too. And so going in there with that mindset, I felt just like really just set the tone for us. Miles, Jason Brown had had a string of 200-yard rushing games against anybody, 4A, 3A, Metro League teams, non-Metro League teams. You guys were the one t- defense to really kind of stifle him, 10 yards in the first half. I know he finished with over 100, but what was what was the key behind that? Man, honestly, just just doing our jobs. Everyone did their jobs, and the ones that he did break out, we didn't do our jobs. And, like, we knew that going into the game against O'Day that they were going to make plays, but we were just going to have to capitalize on them when we got the ball back. And that's what I think we did last night. So I want to I want to take you to the end of the game. Um, you guys were up six uh, with that winning victory, that winning margin. Uh, There's about a minute 47 left. I had just tuned in on the broadcast. Um, I'll, I'll, quick shout out to the O'Day uh, student media guys, those broadcasters that do every O'Day game. Uh, not not a lot of streams have the type of quality that they have, and uh, and they did a heck of a job. But you guys um, get the ball back. O'Day had just used a timeout. I think it was third and seven um, for you guys at the O'Day 35. Um, you ended up converting on that play a first down, and, and that would have – I mean – that was kind of the last in a series of, of game-changing and kind of game-sealing runs. I mean, they get the ball back, and they, they've got a shot to win it with, you know, over a minute left. Um, what's going through your mind uh, there on third and seven? Uh, you know, you took a couple early hits in the first couple yards of that run, but just kept going. Yeah, honestly, I just – I felt kind of blessed that coach really trusted me enough to really make that first down. And I told uh, one of our wide receivers because he was like, I believe in you, Miles. And I was like, thank you. Like, I'm going to get this first down, you know, in the huddle. And just made the cut. And then I just – I had to get the first down no matter what. And I just I just kept going. But it really felt good to me that Coach Aff and Coach Harris really believed in me that I could get this first down on just as simple as just zone run, you know. It was huge. 
set the scene for us. Set the scene for us after um, you guys get back in the locker room. And, and this has been, you know, this has been a, a long season for you guys. Um, you know, and, and here you are at the very end of it. You know, you're, you're, you're 12, 13 weeks in. Um, what was the postgame speech like from, from Coach Randy Affolter? Man, Coach was just, he was speechless. I've never seen him like this before. And it was just really awesome to see. And like he, he had tears in his eyes. And he's like, I really have nothing to say to you guys except like hell of a game, you know. And it was just, it was awesome to see because I feel like our team has worked so hard. And just the community of Kennewick has worked so hard to get better at football. And like, we're here now. And like everyone that came to the game, I mean, we had a ton of people there that traveled all, all that distance to be at this game. And it, it was just awesome to see. There, the energy in the crowd from both sides, but ours especially was just awesome. Let me ask you, Miles, what is it about the final minutes of games when you guys need something to happen? You know, the wheel route uh, against Spano <laughs> Lake, the, you know, getting the first down when you guys absolutely need it for what, what is it about your determination that just kind of ratchets up a few? Man, it's just that adversity, just knowing that you have to get it. I don't know. I, just, I love it. Like knowing that if you get it, it's good. If you don't get it, it could be bad, but I don't know. I, there's something about it. I just, I love it. <laughs> right on. Well, we'll, you know, I think you had a quote in uh, in the story uh, on the site. If you want to read more about the game, uh, head to the site, scorebooklive.com slash Washington. And, and Doug Drowley was there covering for us. And you had a quote that said, hey, tonight we celebrate and tomorrow we start getting ready for Eastside Catholic. And uh, that's your guys' semifinal matchup, 4 p.m., back at Memorial Stadium uh, next Saturday, two days after Thanksgiving. But, um, you know, I, I know that at this point you're probably moved on and you probably already started to uh, – to look at some film. We'll get to that in a second. Um, I, I want to talk just kind of about overarching storylines uh, this week. Uh, Miles, a lot of these teams, you either know guys on the team, you've played against them, or you have common opponents. So I'll be really interested to hear your perspective on on some of these games around the state. I know you guys are so single-mindedly focused on what you're doing. Um, but Todd, you were you had a really busy weekend. Uh, you, on Friday night, watched uh, Graham Kapowzin. Uh, number one seed at the 4A level, uh, get a pretty good challenge from Bothell. Logan Lasio aired it out a little bit uh, and, you know, did the uh, did the top seeded team that's gone wire to wire as, as the preseason favorite, uh, were they, they under threat of, of losing in the quarterfinals? Probably not, but did they face uh, their biggest test, Todd? I, I think you might say yes. Yeah, and, you know, talking to some Bothell guys, the coaches coming in, they, they felt like there was a couple things they could take advantage of. And, and to be honest with you, a, a team that's sort of, you know, with that, that really good defensive line, the Hill brothers, uh, we, we've, we've talked about Andrew Savinea, uh, obviously Vega, um, a, a very strong defensive line, but it's not a, it's not a you know, it's not a quick, quick off-the-edge type defensive line. They're more of a let's push you back into your quarterback and just kind of sack you or – or get backfield pressure that way. And, and Bothell made some adjustments with that. Logan Lasio, the, the transfer from Hawaii, really never was pressured um, through for over, you know, through for almost 250 yards. They made a couple big plays. Um, and this is the kind of thing that you've, when you talk to opposing coaches that have faced Graham Kapowzin, if you can just get the time, they, you, you can get some things on the back end of that defense. And, and Bothell kind of showed that. And there was a little frustration. Uh, you know, in terms of sort of getting that 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 zone kind of picked apart, 
uh, GK defensive backs had not been in that position all year. It was, it was kind of an eye opening. I'll tell you, if I'm a Kamiakin coach and and uh, Henry Marcato and that and that really good set of receivers, I'm watching that film going. I I think we can get some some things and a lot of things actually on this defense. So yeah, I mean GK has has a week like everybody else to kind of shore some things up. I, again, it was their their first real test. You know, we're, we're we're talking about a team that won by two touchdowns, but still now they're now they're facing teams that if if you make some mistakes on either side of the ball, they're going to make you pay. And, and, and as we know, and, the, and our, our special guest knows, if you give Kamaiken an opening or extra possessions or a chance to make a big play, the Braves will do it. We'll, we'll talk about Kamaiken, uh, Camus in a second, Todd, but just kind of sticking with, with where you were. Um, what did your Saturday look like? Yeah, this was the game I was, uh, you know, probably more than any game around the state. Uh, you know, we had – Lake Stevens, number two, and, and Gonzaga Prep, number three, in our, in our overall top 25. Um, they've been two and three pretty much in our 4A rankings all year. Um, to have these teams face in the quarterfinals was a little unfortunate. Uh, we talked about Gonzaga Prep and that seed, and it was a little unfortunate by the seeding committee, and it was a good game. It was 14-14, to 14 and um, as, we, as you know, it, it, it's the McKenna son, father-son combination, and, and Ryan McKenna was very busy in that first half, converted a fourth – fourth and goal from the two for a touchdown and 14, 14, they decided to go for it on fourth and one from their own 41. And if I was Dave McKenna and my son was running the offense, Andy, I'd go for it too. I mean, you're on the road, you're on a team. It's very, you're facing a team and offense. It's very explosive. They didn't get it. And it really gave Lake Stevens a, a lot of life. And, it, and you could kind of tell a little bit that after that, after that moment, uh, that, that swing of momentum, uh, Gonzaga prep really never got back into the football game. Um, you know, they, they, they moved the ball pretty, pretty easily the first quarter and a half. And then after that, it was something along the lines of 60 yards total for two and a half for, for basically the last, I don't know, 28 minutes of the game. You think about that, the, what Gonzaga preps done and how many points they've scored in that triple option to only have 60 yards in the last 28 minutes of a game. Uh, a lot of credit goes to that Lake Stevens defense. They were very, very impressive once they got the lead. Very versatile, J- Jaden Lamar, Drew Carter, um, Grayson Murin looked pretty good coming back from 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 the uh, leg fracture. Uh, Trace Hanks, who, who's a who's a man child in the flats. This is going to be a, a real tough out uh, in the semifinals against East Lake, and if they can if they can get by them, uh, either GK or Kamiakin as well. No question, Miles. You're on the east side of the state. Um, have you ever? seen Gonzaga prep, but I know you guys haven't played, but are you familiar with that triple option offense with Ryan McKenna and just, just how tough it is to stop a type of offense like that? No, I've kind of uh, watched a little bit of like, I've seen Bellevue. Bellevue runs it right too, right? The more, more of an T. old school, old school wing T. Yeah. Yeah. Similar. I don't know. It's, it was just, a, it's just a hard offense to stop. If those, if those linebackers get sealed or anything, that's how, big plays happen. So I would say it's one of the toughest offenses to stop. <laughs> yeah. It's like, you know, what's coming at you. It's just about the, you know, the discipline. You guys talked about that. I mean, with O'Day, right. It's just like, yeah. Hey, we're not, you know, the, the times Jason got loose, we weren't doing our job. Yeah. Um, on the other side of the bracket, um, or I guess setting up that Lake Stevens, Lake Stevens, the three seed advances, uh, Sumner and Eastlake played. Uh, we did not have a reporter there, but Eastlake took care of business. And this was a pretty good Sumner team too. Um, Eastlake uh, had, you know, helmed by head, first year head coach Kyle Snell, ran the table uh, throughout 
you know, in, in the 4A Kinko, beat Bothell for the 4A Kinko Championship. Um, this is a team that all year uh, has just been so steady and seems to be turning it on at the right time, uh, responding with kind of a big offensive outburst after a kind of an uglier uh, first round win over Skyview. Todd, did you, you know, what did you make of East Lake and just that matchup spinning forward with uh, Lake Stevens? Yeah, I was interested to see uh, them face a really physical front like Sumner. And for, for two and a half quarters, I mean, Sumner was in that football game down 26-21 or 26-20. was within a touchdown. But to get a 99-yard touchdown catch and run, uh, Parker Barry Smith, Noah Weintraub, it just uh, it really kind of flipped the script. And then to get a 100-yard pick six later in the game uh, to kind of put a kind of the finishing touches on a, on a last – on a nice last 15 or 16 minutes of the game uh, was, was huge for Eastlake. Um, you know, they have not been in a lot of close games, uh, the Bothell game included. I, I think we've talked about that. Their closest game was against Rainier beach, kind of a last minute COVID, uh, you know, uh, matchup. Um, so to, to get tested at home against a really physical defense, um, you know, obviously it will, will prepare them pretty well facing a pretty, pretty active, you know, four and five man front uh, of Lake Stevens. So that, that should be a really good game. I think that game is going to be set. I think, I think I've heard it might be at Popkini. So I don't think it's going to be up at East Lake high school, but also a very good setting for high school football uh, on the West side as well. So a really good matchup, uh, you know, on tap on Saturday there. Great setting. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, yeah. At, at the four a, I mean, we talked about uh, GK and Bothell, uh, you were there. We mentioned this a little bit, but Camus had was an interesting kind of upset candidate going across the state. Uh, we talked about Camus ad nauseum on this podcast the last six weeks, uh, starting off 0-4 uh, against, you know, four very good postseason teams, playoff teams that are – three of them are currently in the 6A state semifinals in Oregon. Um, and turning around, going up to Tumwater, winning, and, and just – it seemed like, you know, of the Camus team, this isn't the Camus team of 2019 that was just so complete. You know, even losing a guy, there was always somebody to step up. This was a team that was trying to figure itself out as it went, had a defensive identity, and was just trying to put the pieces together on offense. And I, it, it, just in talking to people out there, it's like the amount of games that they won against teams that were more talented than they were was just staggering, especially in the second half of that season. Um and so I, I think for a lot of reasons with that defense led, you know, in the middle by Luke Jamison and, uh, and Jairus Phillips at, at the linebackers, um, uh, you know, a, a secondary that's, that's young and athletic, um, <clears throat> them going over and, and taking on, you know, a Kamaikan team that has a ton of offensive firepower. Uh, you know, if Camus was going to be able to run the ball, that's a, that's a fascinating matchup. Uh, Kamiakin gets a couple touchdowns early and it's just a tough team to play from behind against. Um, Miles, you guys played Kamiakin. You, you know how tough this team is. You know, a lot of those guys personally um, in your experience, you guys have, you know, kind of have size to match him too. What's so difficult about slowing Kamiakin offensively? I mean, they just, they come out with energy. Like we talk about energy a lot and they come out, come out with it. And, the thing with Kamaikin, I would say, is they capitalize on mistakes, like you were saying. It's like, if you throw a pick, they're more than likely probably going to score a touchdown. And just like, they, that's what they do a good job of that. 
and the energy on their sideline is, is always up and they just do a, I would say they do a good job of staying positive with each other too on the field. Yeah. They played of course at Lamson stadium where, you know, your guys is home and you are, you guys played them earlier this season. Uh, Todd, were you going to say something? No, I, I want to ask you, I mean, we hear a lot about Peyton Graham and all the things he can do and, and ways he can impact a football game. How, how much of a tough matchup is he on both sides of the ball, Miles? Man, he, I mean, against us, I think he had two picks or, or one. I don't, I don't know, but he's just, he's just a good around all around athlete. I mean, you, you know, I saw him, he committed to uh, Gonzaga for baseball. I mean, he's on the football field, just tearing it up. I'm surprised he hasn't gotten any offers for football yet. I mean, he's just, he's just an athlete. For sure. For sure. Yeah. Big key to Kamaikin sealing that one is, Camus have been able to run the football pretty well. John Schultz, senior running back, had come on with, you know, a string of really strong rushing performances behind an O-line. And uh, <clears throat> their offensive line coach, Josh Wachnick, is just um, – they've kind of figured it out as the season's gone on and, and really made strides and progressed. And um, he, he had a tough go, Schultz did. I think he had 66 yards in the first half uh on 11 carries and and you know after after halftime like he didn't score again and and neither did Camus and so uh you know that's that's an intriguing matchup going forward uh against GK with with Kamaik and Miles you look at uh Henry Mercado um what's your relationship like with Henry and, and what's it been watching him this season you know league MVP on the offensive end uh, and just every week, it seems like, you know, <clears throat> as a third year starter, he's really figured something out this year. Yeah. You know, I'll, me and Henry grew up playing football together and me, Henry, and then Aiden Canada, another one, uh, Mike's wide receiver, good wide receiver. But I mean, he just have, has grown so much. I feel like as a QB and his talent has came like so far, like he's always been a good quarterback, but I feel like his talent now and his leadership is really setting him up for like just to succeed in life. And I feel like that it's just, it's just awesome to see, you know, like, even though we're rivalries against town, but like, that's my boy, you know, and like, he's been, he's been, he's just been tearing it up. It's awesome. Yeah. I mean, now it's like, you guys are in different classifications. So you go your separate ways in playoffs, you know, that's, that's two, that's two Tri-Cities teams in the state, state semifinals. What's, what's it like kind of watching, watching them and following them in the playoffs? Man, it, it's awesome. Like I saw, uh, I think Micah Chen, he said Tri-Cities versus the world or something like that. And it, it's just, it's awesome to see, you know, just like more respect coming down to the Tri-Cities basically, you know, it's, it's good to see. Uh, let, let's jump down uh, to the smaller classifications. Um North Kitsap and Squalicum. We'll talk about this more uh, as the week progresses and as we start to break down these semifinal games. But both of them reaching their first state semifinals in program history. Squalicum does it uh, with a, uh, I believe it was like a 63-38 win over Ridgefield, the game that just kind of the seas parted uh, late in that one. But Squalicum got up to an early lead and uh, North Kitsap holds off. you know, a very good uh, Stelicum team that kind of hung its hat on on playing sound defense. Uh, Todd, when you look at this matchup, you you were out covering North Kitsap last week. Uh, you've had your thumb on the pulse with that program, a program that's um, really hitting its stride and, and is amid kind of a special season. 
Uh, and, you know, I saw Squalicum a couple weeks ago, too, that they're playing their best football of the season, too. What, what, what intrigues you about that matchup? Well, I just like the way the semifinal set up. Um, you got two powerhouses, traditional powerhouses in Tumwater and Linden. They seem to be at this juncture every year. And then you have two teams that have never been here before. That's that's what makes these two a semifinal games so um, so fascinating to me. And you know, Miles can kind of relate to this being in 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 Kennewick. The whole West Sound has attached itself to Tor North Kitsap football and Colton Bauer right now. And the further they go, the more momentum. I mean, the, the whole, you know, everything west of the Narrows Bridge right now is pulling for North Kitsap. It's 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 a it's a lot of fun to see. There's a lot of energy over there in an area that has not produced a lot of great football um, since South Kit, the heydays of South Kitsap football. You know, up until about the 2000 mark. And so it's been. You look at that. It's been two decades since there's been a really legitimate state contender to be uh, to be this far in the playoffs. So. Um, North Kitsap Linden, intriguing. Colton Bauer, I wouldn't bet anything against him. Uh, the dual threat, um, a pretty good wide receiver. I, I was impressed with the way they kind of wore Stillicum down and defensively controlled two really good running backs uh, that Stillicum has. And then on the other side, we, we, know, we know about that offensive backfield at Squalicum. Uh, coaches have privately told me in 2A um, – talking to some of the Tumwater people, this is the team that they're worried about probably the most. It's probably the worst matchup. And, and, and it has a lot to do with those two guys in the offensive backfield, uh, Leighton Smithson, Ben Schemblocker, and then obviously a, a really good um, aggressive defense uh, led by Bryson Lamb. So um, this game, I think, has the potential to be a shocker. Um, Squalcom does have to come down here and play Tumwater and knock out the champs. But um, I think they've got enough firepower uh, to make this game very, very interesting. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Going down uh, to the 1A level, uh, and then we'll circle back. I guess we never went over what I, uh, where I was, what I saw, uh, and, and that's totally okay because I was uh, playing editor duty from, uh, from the Batcave all weekend, uh, watching a ton of football uh, and, and just surveying the uh, – some intriguing matchups around the state. Todd, you said at the top that there was, you know, a lot of blowouts this weekend and, and it seemed like there was, you know, a lot of lopsided games. One game that was not lopsided that, that I think deserves some light, uh, a team I wrote about in our bracket breakdown at the 1A level last week, Kings going over playing in Union Stadium uh, in me, that shiny new uh, district stadium out there, playing a lakeside uh, of Nine Mile Falls team that ran the table in that, that traditionally really strong 1A Northeast League. Kings goes over there, man. Hasn't been in the playoffs uh, since 2015. Goes over and grinds out a 10-7 win uh, behind Cutter Rolfs. Uh, he's a junior running back uh, for Kings. He was the second most productive running back on the season. They kind of have a, a do-it-by-committee over there, and, and one of those guys is their quarterback, Hayden Teeter, that does it all. And uh, With Kings, you know, the, the scouting report that I, I had gotten from coaches who had played them and, and seen them a little bit was – you know, everything goes through their quarterback, Hayden Teeter. Uh, he's a senior. He's, he's, he's a stud. He can run. He can pass. He's deceptively elusive out of the pocket um, and, and has put up, you know, some, some pretty impressive numbers for a team that's, uh, you know, run the table outside of a, a loss to, uh, to Lakewood there in week nine. But this was a very different game. Uh, this is a lakeside team that, uh, that just kind of, you know, forced them to, to take to the ground and it was working. And, 
Uh, Cutter Rolfs, they call him the beast. Uh, from from what I hear, that's that used to be a, a gamer tag of his playing video games growing up. And uh, he may, may have been a little clairvoyant at 10 years old because he goes for 233 yards on 26 carries. And Kings is back in a familiar spot playing Royal, the same team it played in, in the last time it was in the state playoffs. It made it run to the 1A state championship, lost to Royal in 2015. Kings is back, and I want to read this quote from head coach Jim Shapiro, who I talked to uh, on the bus ride home yesterday. He said, I don't think we play with a chip on our shoulder like we have to prove something to someone, but if you look at the state map, this was just a great game to say. Kings football is definitely on the rise. Uh, That's a league that I think a lot of times that gets overlooked. Uh, Kings, I I do our 1A rankings, and Kings was was, near 10 uh, all season. And just a heck of a, a way uh, to kind of have a show of force here um, and just prove prove all the doubters wrong in one fell swoop. Todd, you've known uh, Jim Shapiro going back a long ways. He plays for he played for Fosse Westering at, uh, at, at uh, PLU. Um, what's uh, what, what's your impression of this Kings run and just seeing them them pull one out uh, on the road against a good NEA team? Well, they, they know this time of year. It's been, it's, it was a little surprising to find out they hadn't been in the state playoffs in six years. I, I covered that run when they went to the state championship game, visited campus the week they played Royal. It was a very confident group, very talented group. They had a lot of really good games with Cascade Christian when Cascade Christian uh, was at the apex of its, of its run. So, uh, you know, well-coached, disciplined, uh, usually very balanced. Um, did you say they had to go play that one team over in Eastern Washington in the semifinals? Is that who they're playing? That one really good team in the center of the state that nobody seems to know how to play very well. Miles, Miles, would you want to play Royal? Honestly, I would. Because I've heard, like, our JV played them, I think, our my sophomore year, so two years ago. And I think our JV team actually whooped up on them. But I would want to play them. I would love to see that matchup, man. Because they, yeah. they scheduled uh, in the COVID season in the spring – uh, their, their league, they didn't play a normal SEAC schedule and they were playing teams that were like local within their health district. And, you know, they threw on, I think all bigger schools, bigger classification schools like Eastmont. I think they played Wenatchee and they just, it didn't matter. They just rolled over everyone. So I would love to see Royal play. If there was some sort of open division, uh, playoff with all classifications, eight team, give me eight teams. Let's, let's put Royal in there. Let's put Tumwater in there. Uh, let's get some, you know, let's, 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 let's get, let's give Kennewick. Let's give you guys a shot at these, at these Royal Knights. Oh yeah. That'd be, that'd be a fun one. I've only heard like pretty good things, pretty much good things about them. Yeah. I mean, like what's the perception of those guys out, uh, out in Kennewick? Honestly, our coaches has talked to us a little bit about them, but that they're just disciplined and they're just good. And they, they're, they score a lot of points. Yeah, I mean, they go and, you know, Toppenish was undefeated on the season and had that great win uh, in the the, uh, first round uh, against Mount Baker. We talked about it last week and uh, Toppenish has to go up there and man, it's just a buzzsaw when you see them on the schedule. 56 to six in the state quarterfinals to set up a matchup against Kings. But hey, Coach Jim Sapiro uh, uh, has anything to say about it. Those those Kings are not going to be afraid to go across the state again. And you talked about the beast, man. And I'm not going to say anything because 230, would you say 233? Yeah, had 233. Had on the ground in victory. That's pretty darn good. But 
there's a guy that we haven't talked about yet, Andy, that almost doubled that yardage. So if, if, if the King's kid is a beast, what's this guy? Is he super beast? No, I don't know, man. He's, a, he's like an extraterrestrial. Um, we're talking about, do you know who we're talking about miles? Yeah. The, the running back for Marysville, right? Dylan Carson goes for yeah. 427 yards and five count them five touchdowns uh, yeah. against Yelm. They escaped that game 39-21. Uh, it's a five-seed over a four-seed. They did it on the road. Uh, and, and draw just a great a great matchup. Uh, I, what's, what's your uh, estimation on, on how quick that game against Bellevue is going to be done with two run-heavy offenses? Uh, hour and a half? Hour 45? It's a 48-minute game, so could it be over in 49 minutes? <laughs> I don't with know, a man. Two minute war- with a two-minute warning, maybe? What's, uh, what's the fastest game you've ever played? Miles, man, honestly, I think I don't even know. This game against O'Day felt really quick, though. Yeah, it felt really fast. Yeah, both you guys were running, running the heck out of the ball. Yeah, I'm gonna make a prediction, Andy. Yeah, if, let's hear Miles, it. if Miles if Miles rushes for 427 yards this weekend, I think they're gonna beat Eastside Catholic. I, I think I think you might be onto something. There. We're, we're going to round out with, with a, a note on that, but I want to, I want to just touch on this, uh, this Dylan Carson performance uh, yeah. puts, puts Dylan within reach. He's 114 yards within the single season rushing record. Uh, I think, yeah, I think he's, I mean, he's well over 2,500 at this point. Um, you know, and, and let me, let me, let me clarify. He's, he's 114 yards to crack in the top five that he's still 400 yards away from the record. No, um, no, yeah, the number five on the record. Yeah, did I, did I not say that? Yeah, no, you said the record. So, oh, my bad, my bad. Yeah, he's number five uh, uh, on the outside looking in, but he's right there. And a big rushing performance could could uh, have him jump two spots uh, if if he has another good week against Bellevue, and and especially if they keep playing. But he also um, single season touchdown record. He's moved up to third. He's at forty seven fifty is the record. So uh, shared by. Two guys, including J.R. Hasty from one of those really good Bellevue teams back in the early 2000s. So yeah, he's 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 got a real, real legitimate shot to get to get the single season touchdowns record. So uh, a lot at stake for for a good Marysville Pil- Pilchuck team that uh, went there and took care of business at Yelm. Uh, two teams that we talked a lot about last week, Andy. Similar DNA, but when the best player on the field goes for 427, um, that's usually a, a good sign for for that for the team that wins or for the yeah, team. I mean, yeah. No question. And like, it, it was always going to be a game of big plays and a, and a, a game of who can stop the other team's big playmaker. I mean, Yelm's got Kyler Ronquillo. Yelm's got Braden Platt. Um, you know, there's just so many playmakers, all those guys coming back, by the way, Yelm's going to be really good next year again, too. Um, but it was just, it was just not going to be anybody, but Dylan Carson. I mean, you know, 53 yard touchdown, 90 yard touchdown. You know, it's, it's really hard to play from behind when uh, the other team is doing that. And you've got a running back who you just can't stop. Uh, and so you put him up against Bellevue and, and Willie Wang and Ishan Daniels, um, you know, and, and Hey, I think oh, Blake Teets, you know, that's, that's a, that's going to be a, a tr- tremendous football game in the state semifinals, but uh, yeah, two two run heavy team. So I wanted to briefly touch on that. Uh, I talked to Brandon Carson, uh, head coach at Marysville Pilchuck, who is Dylan's dad. Uh, he was standing outside the locker room 
from that game. Uh, it had not been very long after the game ended. And I just asked him like, set the scene for me. What, what's inside the locker room sound like? And he's just like, it's pandemonium. <laughs> and that's, that's just what it's like this time of year. It's, it's so much fun. Uh, so we're going to round this out. Eastside Catholic on the other side of the bracket uh, at the 3A level. Whoops up on a very good Mount Spokane team that came across the state and, and won convincingly at Arlington in the first round. And Eastside is a team that will turn you over a lot, will score on special teams, and it's just really hard to gain an inch on this defense. Uh, offensively, I think that's the big question mark with this group. But, uh, Miles, you've you've uh, been pouring over film today, I would imagine, and starting to prepare uh, for this team that you're going to face uh, in six days. What stands out? What jumps out about this Crusaders team? Um, I would say they got Dallas, a linebacker. That's a linebacker. He's a good player. Um, they have another linebacker, too, a uh, middle linebacker, the one with the long hair. I, I don't know his name, but um, he looks good. But, I mean, honestly, it's like we don't even have to worry about their players and, like, who they have. It's just we got to go out there and just do our thing and really just – same energy and same focus this week in practice. You know, we got the Thanksgiving and all those holidays coming up. We're going to have a good turkey practice and everything in the morning. But honestly, just going out there, having having fun and just same mentality going into this game, just knowing that we can beat them. What's, well, I, heard uh, lot, I heard this a lot from players I talked to this weekend. Is it a big deal to still be playing and practicing on Thanksgiving? You did it two years ago and you get to do it again. Is there something – about saying that you get to practice on Thanksgiving, it's a big deal. Yeah, it's just it's just fun. I don't know what a, what it is about it, but it's just fun. You know, we go out there in the morning when we have coffee, hot cocoa, donuts for the parents. They come out there and watch us. We just get everyone together, and it's just a good a good time to bond and just be with everyone. It's gonna be cold. It's just gonna be a fun practice, you know. Hold on to those memories of this of this run. You you obviously experienced it two years ago when you you reached this stage. Uh, but you know what a way to to end out your high school career, uh, your football career here uh, in late November, Thanksgiving week, uh, still playing. So Miles, man, I, I can't thank you enough for joining the podcast and reaching out. Open invite. This door. These are two French doors, and they're wide open. Yeah, thanks for having me. Seriously, hopefully we will on the east side. This this coming Saturday, and then I'll be back on. Well, you you can be back on. Uh, you know, I I'm, I appreciate you not giving me too much grief. Although you could have spent this whole time teeing off on me on, on my prediction <laughs> from last week. So, um, yeah, shout out to my guy Todd for uh, rooting on Kennewick. So that's right, <laughs> that's right. So that's that's been us with the SB Live Washington podcast for SB Live Sports, uh, a part of the Sports Illustrated Media Group. I've been Andy Bueller. He's been Todd Millis. Uh, and our third uh, is Miles Mayofsky this week, who's got a big game in the 3A state semifinals. So for SB Live Washington and SB Live Sports, leave it here. podcast is brought to you by SB Live Sports, your national hub for high school sports news and information. Subscribe for free wherever you get podcasts. If you do it on Apple Podcasts, please leave us a rating and a review to help us best serve you, the listener. 
You can find our website at scorebooklive.com slash Washington. There you'll see news, features, highlights, podcasts, and everything in the world of high school sports across this state. As always, a big shout out to our sponsor, Washington Federal. And thanks to Dan Dickow and Todd Millis for bringing the heat every week. This song you're hearing is by the band Woodrow. It's called So Far Away. It's written by James Schroeder, Carl Johnson, and my dad, Matt Bueller. I'm Andy Bueller. We'll be back next week. take a moment to tell you about something really exciting for high school sports fans across the country. SB Live Sports has launched a free iPhone and Android app featuring the latest high school sports news here in Washington and across the country. With the SB Live Sports app, it's now even easier to follow your favorite team and tailor your experience to your interests. With real-time scores and news alerts, as well as video highlights, podcasts, photo galleries, rankings, game coverage, and much more, the app delivers on the content you want in one convenient place. The SB Life Sports app features exclusive content from on-the-ground reporters across the country, and it's the number one source for Washington high school sports fans with coverage from reporters Todd Millis, myself, Andy Bueller as well as SB Live's preeminent basketball mind and recruiting expert, Dan Dickow. The SB Live Sports app is available at no charge in the Apple App Store and Google Play Store. Download it today.